What up, people? It's your boy, Iron Letter, and we're here with episode two of Den of Vowels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, I, TJ. Yeah, so, now that we're on to episode two, we're going to go into a couple, you know, interesting things. But first, um, you know from last time when we had this, our podcast, we didn't really give much information about ourselves, so, you know, y'all, I think it's better that on this episode we give you a little taste of who we are. So, I'm going to start with my man. Hello, world. It's your boy, TJ. I'm a little entrepreneur. I own a few businesses that I'm proud of. Small, but have a big impact in my community and people around me. I make my own hair oils, my own beauty products, my own body products. I'm a little cater company on the side. Ranging from Japanese cuisine to Jamaican. I also do podcasts, as you can tell. And I also do massage therapy. Um, bring back to my boy here. Okay, well, as you know, my name is Ian Letta. You can follow me on Instagram at Ian Letta. A little bit about me. Uh, I also go by the name Othello. I'm a singer-songwriter. Uh, I write short stories, um, short erotic stories. Uh, you know, I'm involved in the culinary field, and um, mostly I do this podcast with my boy here. So, yeah, that's, you know, a little bit about me, and as we go along, you'll get to know more and more about us, um, especially when we start doing video, you'll start to get a little more, more taste of who we are. So, you want to head off with the first topic that we're going to talk about today? Yes, R&B music. What happened to you? <laughs> I remember listening to R&B music back in the 90s, and it was so soulful. Mm. It had a meaning. It had passion. It made you move in a certain way. Nowadays, R&B, it's all about, like last topic, strippers, (laughs) or um, throwing up money, or just being a dirtbag. I don't know what happened with R&B nowadays, but to me, it's not the same. Yeah, like, when I was when I was younger, and growing up in the 90s, and even in the 80s, with R&B music, it was all about, you know, a message. You know, it had something to say. You're like, whether it being like the, it's like telling a female, or telling your girl that, you know what, she's got nothing to worry about, you're going you're gonna to take care of her, or be there for her. You know, it, it really it really bothers me because you have like songs like Me Me at the Altar in your white dress. We ain't like no huh? younger, we might as well do it. Feeling you all the while, girl, I must confess. This guy really had to do this. <laughs> yeah, I had to do it. We're talking about R and B and I said I was an R and B singer, so we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about it like that. But the problem like the problem is now is that there is no more R and B. You know, there was there was the when R and B started to fade out, you went into neo soul. You had like two different categories yeah. of R and B and neo soul. So you had like artists like Jill Scott, who was considered R and B, but then once the image aspect of R and B came out, they started mm-hmm. becoming into neo. They started putting them into categories of neo soul and soul music because you had like Music Soul Child, yes, who was a big R and B artist, yes. But he had that he had that combination of being in both categories. He was a neo soul artist, but he was on that end end piece of R and B. 
and he had that way of bringing people to that place. So, with that being with that being said, like after the after the nineties, like honestly, I believe R&B music died in nineteen ninety nine. R&B died. Why you say that? Because um, after ninety nine, you had you had the Hades. You had the high notes of Drew Hill. You had the high notes of Total. You had the high notes of Tony Braxton and Whitney Houston and all those artists. You had the, you had their high notes. And in two thousand, it's just like everything seemed to like start to slowly whittle down, start to slowly go down, especially when the introduction of pop music. Okay. Because with the introduction of pop, it it, it wasn't it, like pop was already always around. Mm-hmm. Like let's not be let's not lie about it. Pop was always around when you had artists like Madonna. Which I will talk about later, <laughs> but when you had artists like Madonna and um, like um, Seal and whatnot, like you had pop music was there, okay. but it wasn't popular, right? It was it was there, but it wasn't as popular when it came to R and B. Then when R and B music changed, you had like you had like the just you had the, the when you had the bands like Instinct, Backstreet Boys, Boys, yeah, coming really out to the forefront. It started to kill off a lot of the the things that you thought were R and B because they started to get into the categories of rhythm and blues, right? Okay. And then when you had artists like Rihanna and Ashanti, so you trying to say pop killed R and B? Yeah, pop killed R and B because R and B because because uh, the thing about R and B was not a, like people didn't care about image; they cared about what you had to say. They cared about how how your music made them feel, right? The the industry was more about it was we felt more in tune with the music, right? Because yeah, we listen because we listened to it off the radio. We weren't really caring about the videos. Yeah. Then when videos became popular in the early two thousands, people started to actually visualize their artists. Yes. Right. We started to see their artists, and. Who was really, like, especially with the male artists, who really was paying attention to the male artists? Females. And who was really paying attention to the female artists? Guys. Mm -hmm. So when we saw, like, when we were younger and we saw Total, we didn't really see them much. But then when they came out and they were doing their thing, we didn't care. It was just, yeah, it was Total. It's all about the voice. Yeah, it was all about the voice. And I'll be honest, when I was back, when I was younger and I saw Total, I was like, dang, dang. (laughs) (laughs) Like, especially, okay, remember Escape. Yes. They were not good looking girls. Oh my god. <laughs> they were not. Uh, people can get mad at me, whatever, I don't care. They weren't the best looking girls. But they could sing. They had voices. They could make you feel something. Total they had one girl in the group that was Okay. One girl that was like, she needs it. <laughs> but if if pop killed R and B, why is Michael Jackson considered the king of pop? Because Michael Jackson is not an R&B artist. Michael Jackson was pop artist. Okay. If you listen to his music, he was not R&B. He was a little bit of... He was a little bit R&B, a little bit rock. Yes. A little bit funk. He was a pop artist. He was a hybrid. Yeah, he was a hybrid artist. He was never an R&B artist. Listen to to all of his music. He's the king of pop. He was never the king of R&B. I'll say Billy G's kind of R&B-ish. That's what I'm saying. Billy G had a little bit of a... Little bit of a because he had swag. Uh, he has swag when he when he did Billy Jean and you first, like you heard the beat start off and you yes. saw the video and we saw him dancing. Yes. The man had swag. 
He made girls go, oh my god, make yeah, guys he cry. Yeah, he, he made those... guys cry. Yeah. The man had stuff. When he sang songs like Dirty Diana, like, yes. oh, that was crazy. The man was crazy. And that's the reason why he was the king. That's why he's the quote unquote king of pop. Mm-hmm. But then you had him, he was in categories of pop music like Elton John, like Madonna, like um, the Eagles. He was in those kind of categories. He could never be considered an R&B artist, but a lot of R&B artists wanted to be like Michael. Yeah. You look at one of the one of the bigger R&B artists, Usher. He copied his entire style, dance moves, his dance moves and everything off of Michael. You look and when you, you see that when with R&B, it was a trickle down effect from everybody. Drew Hill was a rip off of Jodeci. Yes, <laughs> I can 100 percent agree with that one. They were completely Jodeci. Like when I told people, like I, I sing like I when I sing, I sing like Drew Hill. It's like, oh, so you like Jodeci? I'm like, yeah, I love Jodeci, cause they're the same thing, right? When Jodeci died off, Drew Hill became the big thing. But then, with even with the end of Jodeci, you had Casey and JoJo, who were basically Jodeci. Yes. <laughs> so that yeah, the so with them with R and B after the nineties, it started to die off because. People were so busy paying attention to the physical appeal of their artists because mm-hmm. the mainstream changed. Yes, the whole industry did a total one eighty, and it became about the looks, not yes. about what they can say, not what it, what they can do. What's about the content anymore? Yeah, because I'm sorry, I I know a lot of people love Rihanna. <laughs> nope, I'm not one of them. Why don't you like Rihanna? Man? Um, because she's a one note wonder. When Rihanna first came out, all she did was one note. Like, I'm sorry. Hey, Mr. DJ, come on the replay. Mr. DJ, won't you turn the music? There's nothing. There's nothing. She had no substance. The first time she kind of did something was when she did Umbrella. Kind of. So you like more ranges and stuff. Yeah, there was no range to her music. There was no range to her stuff. So you say she's more popular because of her look, not her her talent? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I know. Uh, like I said, people aren't gonna like it, but it's true. I believe <laughs> that she is. Brianna is popular because of how she looks. If Rihanna looked like, who could I say? Ah, uh, Britney Spears. Yeah, if Rihanna looked like Britney Spears, I don't think so. And even Britney was a one note wonder too. <laughs> What yo? You, okay, you know what? Britney Spears, Britney Spears is the luckiest person ever. Why? You Why? That? Timing. Timing. If Christina Aguilera came out before Britney Spears, we would not be talking about Britney Spears. Hmm. I wasn't really into pop music, so you may have a point there. Cause yo, when okay. Look, a lot, like even with Genie in a Bottle, Genie in a Bottle was a was a hit song. Yes, right. But Britney Spears had her hit album before Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera was just about timing. If Christina came out before Britney, Christina would have that would have that high, high status. But Britney just came out before Christina. But right now, people gravitate towards Chris or Christina more than Britney, though. Uh well yeah. Christina's on TV. She's on what the Voice. Yeah, she, I think she's on the Voice. She's yeah. on the Voice. She's a judge and all stuff. But Britney's not doing anything. No, Britney's not doing anything because she had that nervous breakdown. And then, you know, what really killed Britney is her image. She killed herself with her image. Hmm. 
Because when Britney came out, she she had the 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 look, the physical look that they wanted. The girl next door. Yeah, she had that that sex appeal, that mm-hmm. look. Then when she had a nervous breakdown and shaved off her head, <laughs> she just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Then Britney came back and she was kind of trying to do the look, but she had the whole slave for you. Yeah. But then when she did the MTV Music Awards and then she came out and everybody's just like, oh. <laughs> all about that too cause she had the snake on her shoulder but the body was just not down there yeah and after that her career just went around <laughs> jeez but what do you consider to to be the king or the queen of R&B from the 90's era to let's say 2000 era oh man the queen of R&B mm. um I say Mary J. Black Yes, I said Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige was that was that person that was like, she she changed the game. She really changed the game of R and B from the nineties into two thousands into the early two thousands. She like, she really changed the game, and like especially when she was doing songs with hip hop artists, mm-hmm. like she brought a whole new appeal to R and B. But just like that. She also, she also fucked up. <laughs> she also messed up because, like, you know, there there's a time and a place that the the reason why a lot of these a lot of our old school R and B artists are still timeless is because they they knew they had their time. When the time changed, they they stopped. Mm. But they still had those hits. They didn't continue on until they started to flop out. They kept their, they kept themselves going till they had when they had those hits. Yes, and then they just stopped. Then they came back, do a, do a little hey, what's up? We're still here, like B two K is doing right now, <laughs> which we all know the reason why B two K is doing that doing their tour because they ain't got no money, <laughs> so they're doing their little tour right now. And because look, the rest of the, look the rest of the guys they ain't doing nothing. The only one that was doing anything was Amarion. The restaurant like. Loving hip hop or ghost riding and stuff. Yeah, so they had nothing. So they're like, "Yo, Amari had no money. The rest of them had no money. Yo, we're doing a, we're doing our tour, but they're not doing no <laughs> new songs. They're doing their old stuff. Oh. They're doing their old stuff, which is smart. Yeah, because bangers. They're smart. They're doing their own, their old bangers, and it's just like we had the um the, the ice cream tour where you had um new edition and um Joe and who else was on there. It was way back in the day, but it's like and boys to men were on it too. Like they're smart, they're mm-hmm. coming. They have all these hit albums, all these hit songs. Yeah, they could put on a whole concert with just bangers from their hits. And the fact, and it's back with even with new Adi- with um, new edition, mm-hmm. you have new edition and you have Bell Biv DeVoe. So yeah, you have an entire show right there with just them alone. So they're smart. That's what you need to do. Come out. Do a song, do a couple, do you know, do a six month tour, mm-hmm. do your hits, make a little money. Yeah, get your black folk to come out because they're the ones that support you. True. The black folk will come out and support you, and then you can go off and just chill out for a while. Do it again in the next five years. Yeah, come back in another five years if y'all can still sing. Come back and do it again. But you got people like Mary J. Blige decided to try and do a new thing when. You know, it's 2018, it's 2019 now, trying to do songs, trying to do what the young cats are doing right now. It's like, 
Mary J. Blige is doing the R&B what Madonna did to pop music. Madonna needed to stop <laughs> long time ago. Finally, she's gotten to the point of understanding that you can you can stop now. We don't we don't need anything from you. Some people still want to be in the limelight though. Like they want to be with the new times and be hip, and you know try to make new new wave stuff, but they're still in their old ways, which they shouldn't do. Especially in uh, Mary J. Blige category, her catalog alone, you don't need to do anything new. Exactly, her her library is ridiculous. Yeah. Her library is ridiculous. She doesn't need to do anything new. Just like um, Janet Jackson. But even Janet can do something new because she's a pop artist. She's not an R&B artist. Mm-hmm. So she can do something new depending on who she's working with. Depending on what she wants to do. It's kind of like uh, Sean Paul. Right now he's doing like pop slash EDM music. Mm-hmm. And he's considered a reggae artist. Or that's all. If you want yeah. To. Be more technical. That's all. Doing a little trap music here and there as a future, but for him, I think it's more acceptable because he wasn't really out there singing or whatever. Yeah. He just has like a good hook or a good outro, and I think that'll be good for like especially for EDM type of music. Because mm-hmm. his voice is different. Yeah. And and you know that with that being said, like um you can you like. I'm not saying that nobody can go on and do something. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying that. Like, if you're doing a feature on somebody's track or you're trying to do try to do a thing that... If it makes sense for what you're trying to do, but make sure it's within your wheelhouse and that you can actually pull it off. Mm. Like, don't try to pull off something that is just going to come out and everybody's going to be like, what the heck was that? Like, yeah, I heard a song recently, Red Light, by... Um, Eddie Murphy and Snoop Lion. Yeah. Yes, I know it's Snoop Dogg, but he called himself Snoop Lion, so let's yeah. let's get over it. But yeah, he had a song with Eddie like Eddie Murphy and Snoop Lion called Red Light. That is a banger. Yeah. That song is a banger. The the beat is wicked, the hook makes yeah. sense, and Eddie Murphy's just doing his thing. And people want to say, Oh, Eddie Murphy, he's not a singer. Yo, Eddie Murphy's been singing, he's been for, singing years. for years. Party all the time. Yeah, party like, all the time is his joint. It's a banger. Like yeah. to this day, I still like I still listen to, to that track. I still miss that track. I like I love that track. So Eddie Mur and then yeah, he also did the which which movie was it again with um Beyonce? He did a he did a movie with Beyonce and um, thing uh Hudson Jennifer Hudson. I can't remember the name of it. If you guys remember, just leave it in the comments below so we know so I can remember what it is. But yeah, he did a movie with Jennifer Hudson and Beyonce, and he's singing in that movie. Mm. The man can sing, and like he didn't fake any of it. He sang in that movie, so the man has the man has talent. Yeah. So he can do he can do this stuff, kind of stuff, and the fact that he's not in the limelight that much, like as an R and B artist, mm. he can mess around and do different things, just like um, Jamie Fox. Yes, I'm about to say that Jamie Fox. Yeah. He can mess around and do different things because Jamie Fox doesn't just. Sick. He just he produces his own stuff. Yeah. He makes his own beats. He makes his own tracks. So the man can do his own thing. And I give, I I I'll mess with Jamie Fox till Die Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. He can keep doing his thing. I will mess with him. And speaking about NSYNC, I will mess with Justin Timberlake to the day I die. The <laughs> man, he is unofficially black. Man is unofficially black. Cause look, he. He is a pop artist yes. who transitioned into R&B. R&B. 
who then can transition between pop and R&B. Do you think it was more easy for him to do that because he was dating Jenna Jackson at the time? Or he had the link with Pharrell, Timberland, and uh, Jermaine Dupri? I think because he had the link with... Uh, with um, I think what really what really put him over that people were like, yo, I'll mess with this guy, Timbaland. Yeah. Timbaland certified it. He could mess with anybody he wants because Timbaland certified it. Especially on uh, the, the, the one track when he punked Britney Spears. Crammy River. Yes. That track. That beat's hard, though. The beat was hard. Timbaland certified him. Hmm. I, think that was the fir- I think that was the first song that he came out with. Yeah, with Crammy River. Yo, that track alone was just like, I'm going to mess with Justin Timberlake. Screw anything that anybody <laughs> says. You're a black man. The fact that you're like, well, what made it, what made it Joseph when you're watching the video, it's like, yeah, this is hard. This is, this is, this is deep. But you also look like a freaking stalker right now because you're creeping in this girl's house. Mm. This is creepy. <laughs> but yo, I, I give him, I give, I rate him because the man can really do some stuff. Okay. Now we're going to, we're going to have, like, I've been skirting. Okay. People, I've been, I've been kind of skirting around this. I've been really skirting around this, but we got to talk about this. Because we're talking about R&B. Alright. So we got to talk about this. R. Kelly. <laughs> Mr. Robert? Yep. We got, yo, we got to touch on Mr. Kelly, man. Like, um, I know it's a, it's, it's really a controversial subject because of what's going on right now and how people are, are feeling about R. Kelly. Yeah. And the fact, as soon as I saw that, you know, we we're going to talk about the 90s and the 80s, I'm like, ugh. We can't talk about this without talking about Mr. R. Kelly. So, Mr. Robert. So, I want to know how you feel about Kelly when it comes to the... I'm, I'm saying outside of, outside of him. Okay. How do you feel about in regards to the music? Because I feel that you can separate the man from, from the music. music. Yeah, you can separate the man from anything that he does. Um, Music-wise, he's been like... He's kind of like an Ice T mm. or Ice Cube. Yeah. Ultimate Ghostwriter is for people that people don't really know about. Like he wrote for Prince, he wrote for Michael Jackson. Like he wrote for a lot of big artists. People don't like uh, they don't know that. Yeah. His music is timeless. Uh huh. Like I believe I could fly. Dude. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Dude. You know what I'm saying like his his music will never be ta- uh, tarnished. Or blackballed in my book, in my mm-hmm. area. Period. He has so much bangers, and if that's the case, the people that he writes for or used to write for, that music should be blackballed as well. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's still R. Kelly's words. It's just somebody else's voice singing it. Yeah. And for me, like I feel the same way. It's like you got to be able to separate the man from the music. Mm-hmm. And I and the reason why I I can say separate the man from the music is because. Like, honestly, I, I hear so many people now saying, like, oh, you got to blackball R. Kelly, you got to blacklist R. Kelly. It's like, look, and it's, and I'm, I'm sad to say this, mostly, it's mostly people who aren't black. Yes. I'm not going to say, like, it's specifically Caucasians, but it's like anybody who hasn't grown up with R. Kelly and hadn't grown up with his music and not in the black community feel like it's, it's perfectly okay to blackball him. But I'm just like, look. As as black people, I've always I've never liked the man R. Kelly. <laughs> I've never liked the man R. Kelly. 
from the from back in the day from when he married Aaliyah. And the man is a grown man marrying a marrying a child. I was like, yo, this man is a disgusting human being. And how how they let him get away with that, I don't know. So I never had any good feelings towards R. Kelly. But his music was 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 top of top. That's why they let him go, because his music was giving people a lot of money and revenue to move around. Yeah. On like, top of that, he was with somebody that's on the rise. It wasn't mm. like he was with a random like fan or whatever. He was with somebody that's on the rise. Yeah. So, so they allowed it. Yeah, so they allowed him. And then it's like the whole the oh R. Kelly peed on somebody. It's like, yeah, but then he made the he made the remix to ignition and everybody just let it go. Yes. <laughs> the man made Step in the Name of Love and everybody let it go. Yes. I'm like, he's the one like the one thing I said about R. Kelly is like he's the one man that can send you to hell. he can bring you to heaven and send you to hell. All of the same album. Trust me. It's like he, that's why I say he's a horrible person. Because church people love I Believe I Can Fly, but then they're like, work your body like a snake, man? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Demon. It's a pick Demon. and choose. You can't pick, and, like, you can't pick and choose with R. Kelly. So it's like, do I, do I respect the man? No. Never. I think he's a horrible person. I think Firebond R. Kelly. But I still appreciate what he's done. For the music. So you should say, you Bon Robert. Yeah, Bon Robert. But you love R. Kelly. Yes, Bon Robert. He is the man Robert, done with that. <laughs> but R. Kelly, the musician, I like your music. I, 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 I will never say I will, I like, because, look, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, if you if you say that, oh, I hate R. Kelly, da, 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 and you hear one of his songs come on, you, I guarantee yeah, you you'll that. bounce. You'll bounce to that song. You're not going to be out at the club and you hear one of R. Kelly's songs come out like, I'm not dancing to this yeah. one R. Kelly. Oh, get out of here. You're going to dance to it. I'm on the other side. <coughs> the reason being is because, okay, him marrying at a, young, a younger girl, mm-hmm. that, all right, that's your first strike. Peeing on <laughs> underage girl again, <coughs> that's your second strike. But this cult stuff and... Training girls and this, that, and third. I don't fault him for that. It's whatever. The reason, <laughs> the reason why I'm saying that because Hugh Hefner was doing the same thing. Mm. Hugh Hefner had a house, a mansion, with him, with younger girls, probably like three. I'm sorry, probably tw- twice his age, probably even three times his age, mm-hmm. in a house with them for the whole year. On top of that, he's having parties promoting his girls to other celebrities. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on. What's going on in those parties? We don't know if all of the girls are really legal. Mm-hmm. But as soon as celebrities hit him, or whatever, oh, he having is fine. He's doing it for the culture, or he's doing it for for the the A class people. It's like, what? R. Kelly was doing it for himself. And you trying to crucify him for that? Yes, it's kind of selfish, but at the end of the day, it's his lifestyle. Yeah, it's it's for his own lifestyle. He was doing the same thing, in my eyes, he was doing the same thing as Hugh Hefner. The other thing is, he wasn't publicizing it. Thank you. He just kept (coughs) to himself and called it a day. I guess some people got a butt hurt of what he was doing, and they snitched on him. Oh, surviving R. Kelly. Yeah. So... If these 
and then, and then like on another thing like if these girls were really that threatened and felt that they were in a actual cult and he was abusive all that stuff you're a grown ass woman leave mm. or if you've seen his requests were not to your standards or he felt uncomfortable say no yeah. go home but don't just stay there and take the abuse that you didn't want in the beginning and then complain at it at the end it makes you look more of a dummy than a victim in my in my like in my eyes and the, the, the weird part about it for me is that the fact that they, it's like they were there for a year like the filming aspect you know surviving R. Kelly they, they filmed the stuff that he did and whatever I didn't watch the video so I don't know all, all whatever me neither but the fact that they took the time it's like oh they're, they're coming out and saying that he, he's this and he's that and he's a horrible person and whatever you stayed for this length of time and videotaped everything he did so to me it's kind of like you're you know he's bad but you're gonna stay because you know that there's a profit to be made yes. off of saying that he's a bad person it was all for money it's not like you didn't know that whatever he was doing was bad. But you wanted to make sure that you had a legal case to get as much money out of him as possible. Come on, man. Which is nah. crazy. Nah. Not, I'm, not, I'm not down with that. I'm not down with that. Like, if you came out, if you knew whatever was going on and you bounced and then went to the authorities about whatever happened, then fine. But it's like... <laughs> So it could come up. Yo, it's this yo, it's this entire Me Too movement that is just making things weird. It's making the whole like the whole dynamic for people weird. And like I even I even had I even said that Me Too is is gonna ruin relationships. Mm. Me Too is gonna ruin relationships. And 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 it's not even like it's not Okay, here's why I feel like Me Too is gonna ruin relationships. Because the whole fact of like if you if you Put your hand on a girl's shoulder and just be like, hey, how you doing? He assaulted me. And if she says you assaulted her, you're automatically considered, yeah, you did it. Yeah. Nothing you have to say goes anywhere. It's just her word against yours yeah. and whatever she says is the truth. So it, why is this going to rule the relationships? Is because like a guy's going to want to say like, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to go on this date. Yeah, I'm not going to pick you up. I'll meet you there. It's like, oh, you're not picking me up? Yeah, I don't want to be anywhere where I'm alone with you. I want to be in public places so nobody can say that I did anything. So I'll meet you there. You mm-hmm. show up. People are around so you can't say I did anything because we're in a public place. And then when we're done, you go your way, I'll go oh, mine. I ain't, I ain't down for none of that. And it's not... And, and you know, some girls will say like, oh, that's that's just, that's just stupid. Watch. It's coming. <laughs> You think I'm joking? It's coming because, like, honestly, you you can't throw something out there for so long, and then expect that you're, there's nothing, there's not gonna be any repercussions. And like, I'm saying this, I'm saying this. Oh, sorry, I'm saying this as a black man. It's like it, it's worse for us. Oh, hundred percent. Because we already had to deal with, we already had to deal with people saying, "Oh, he raped me," and you automatically went to jail. Yeah. There was no thought like like even when back in the day when there was a went before me too started and you know if if a woman came and said this man raped me there was a there was a period of a, a reasonable doubt to say 
maybe she's making a mistake. Maybe, you know, you're she's wrong about it. You know, let's look into it and investigate. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's see if she's actually being accurate. Yeah. But that was mostly for white people. What if a if a woman said a black man raped him, you're going to jail. Best believe you're already going to jail. Yeah. How many black men are in like got death row? Oh, are dead because of because of stuff like that. Oh, something he says, he said, or whispers. Yeah. There's how many black people dead because of something like that? There's how many black, like, and I'm saying this, like, because, you know, it's Black History Month. There's how many, how many of us died because of somebody made false accusations? And now, oh. now with the whole Me Too thing going on right now, it's even worse. Because now it's, she is considered being truthful, and you have to prove yourself. We already had to deal with that. Yeah. And now everybody else is having to deal with it, and they don't like it. They're feeling how we felt. And now it's a big thing of like, oh, that's not fair. It's like, yeah, it's not fair because now it's your turn. You're Trust having me. to feel how we felt for the hot, for a number of years after, after segregation. You got a point there. Because uh, even for me as a black man to this day, I get people, especially females of, of a different race, let's say I'm sitting on a bus or a subway and the seat right beside me is empty. They won't sit right beside me. Maybe because I look too menacing, I guess, or my hair or my piercings. Mm-hmm. But they just look at me, keep it moving, and will sit somewhere else where there's no spot or stand up. And it's like, wow, like there's an empty chair right here. It's not dirty, it's clean. But yet you won't sit right beside me? It's like, all right, cool. Let me just see what happens if I get up. And I'll get up just a little bit. And you'll see them run to that spot just to sit down. And it's like, wow. Racism is still out here. Uh-huh. Racism ain't over. And people don't... And, you know, it's only the, it's only minorities. And I'm not talking about just black people. It's mm. only minorities. Like, black, brown, Asian, whatever. We know that it's not dead. We know that it's not over. But everybody, but everybody else who... Is considered Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Who is considered Caucasian? And why I say considered is that, you know, they're like, from the from the beginnings, like not everybody was was Caucasian. It it, it, it the whole co- being Caucasian got got put around because certain people were getting getting close with blacks. And we're starting to make movements and making organizations with blacks. Mm-hmm. And then because they said, hey. You know what? If you distance yourself from black people, we'll call you Caucasian, mm. and that'll bring you to a higher status. Not a not a not a higher paying status, but that'll give you a above blacks. So now that they're considered Caucasian, they feel like, oh well, you're you're beneath me because mm-hmm. I'm I'm now on a higher plane. And it's fucked up. So it's like they don't realize that yo racism, racism is is still here. Yeah, it's still here big time. And there's there's the same ones that'll be like, hey, hey, how you doing, bud? How's it going, bud? You okay, bud? But then they'll do or say something. You realize what they're doing, and it's like, oh, I, I'm I'm offended that you would call me racist. Yeah. It's like I'm not saying you're racist. I'm mm. saying your actions Jeez. are racist. Yes are completely racist. 
Like, I, I love that one saying, it's like, I'm not racist. I have black friends. That don't mean nothing. Shit. <laughs> that don't mean nothing. You can have how many black friends and be the most racist person around. Yeah. Look, black, well, look how many owners of basketball teams, they love black people because they make the money. Oh, man. But they don't invite none of those black players to their house. Mm. And none of them coming to their house. May I have a point there. <laughs> it's so. like, yo, basketball and football, yo, mostly sports now, the athletes are modern-day field niggas. <laughs> yeah. Modern-day field niggas. That's true. But the thing that hurts me the most is racism in our own community. Oh, my God, yeah. For example, I have an Asian, uh, Asian friend, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever we're in a certain area, I don't want to say the area, but... And black females see me with her, they're always like, "Oh my god, like why are you with an Asian person? Like we're not good enough for you." Or, um, see this. This is what happens when black guys don't know their roots. They're with other cultures, and this time a third. But it's like when they're with another race, it's because black men are shit. Yeah. And it's like, why isn't it? Hey, I like this certain type of people. I'm not racist. I just love Asian people or I love white people or I love Middle Eastern people. Mm-hmm. Why has it always had to be you ain't shit because you're not with a black person or a black man? You know, the, the, worst part, the worst part about our culture and about our, like, our history is that we have self, self-loathing. Mm-hmm. We have self-hatred. Like, we're so busy, worried about, you know, what we, like, oh... You don't like you don't like us black women because, you know we we're always being told that we're we're loud and we're aggressive and we're this and we're that, and so that's why you know they, they don't they the black men can't handle me because I'm too confident. It's like look, men love confident women. Mm-hmm. Men love women who are self sufficient. Yes. Independent. Yes. We love that. It has nothing to do with about race or anything. If a black woman is, if a black woman can take care of her own, that's sexy. Yes, that's completely sexy. The problem is, and that I don't, I, I, I feel like a lot of our women don't understand, is that a man wants, like especially a black man, a black man wants to feel like he's needed and wants to feel like he's respected. Hundred percent. Right. If you're going to disrespect, and it's 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 the type of disrespect you do. It's the type of disrespect you might get. Like, if you are giving disrespect in the sense of, like, humiliating him in front of your friends. Talking oh, that's down, ultimate. Yeah, if you humiliate him in front, of his fr- in front of your friends or his friends. If you talk down to him. Like a child. Like, talk to him like he's a child. Disrespect him in, in multiple different ways. Make him, make him, look, make him out to, like, he's a punk. Like, he can't, he can't handle you. Yes. Then, of course, he's going to not want to talk to you. Of course, child. he's going to be like... When a when a guy gets something like that, and especially if it's more than once from a different from you know he wants to stay within his own race, but he gets that over and over again, anybody gets jaded. Yeah. Anybody eventually feels jaded. You know, I've had that. I've had that kind of disrespect. Do I still love my black woman? Of course I do. I still love my black woman. I still respect my black woman. El Chaco. Yeah. But I'm not gonna take like regardless if I if I decide to like. If I meet somebody who's Indian, or I meet somebody who's Asian, or whatever, mm-hmm. and they show me respect, 
that's number one for me. That's key. Yeah. You show me respect, cool. I show you respect, good. We can work. I don't care if I'm on the street and a black girl looks at me and is like, oh, you you don't respect your own. It's like, I have complete respect for my own. Mm-hmm. But right now, the way you're talking to me shows you don't. You have no respect. Mm. If you can come to... If you can see... And I say that from black men and black women. Yeah. If you walk down the street and see see someone of your race with somebody of a different race, and you go to them and say, oh, how dare you? How dare you do this? Da, 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 da. You have no respect for your own. It's like, you obviously have no respect for your own. Not because for yourself. Yeah, you have no respect for yourself and no respect for your own. Because... You don't know the situation that person has been in. Mm-hmm. You don't know what that person brings to that person's life. Look and admire and say, hey, you know what? It's love. Mm-hmm. Love is love. You can't get mad at somebody for loving some, for finding love in, in like... Somewhere else. Somewhere else. Right? We're so busy talking about that we have to keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. We got to... Black people with black people. We got to keep it like that. So isn't that a form of racism itself? That's us segregating ourselves from everybody else. That's deep. It's like we are so busy talking about... We're talking about that we want people to accept us. We want to be let into all the different avenues and let into all the different aspects. But we're so busy hating within our own, Mm -hmm. saying that we have to be like this. We have to keep keep our blackness within our blackness. So no. The... Quote unquote pro black. Yeah. But being pro, my opinion, being pro black is just knowing your roots. Yeah. Doesn't have to be marching and hooping, hollering and stuff and saying that you have to be a black, you have to be with a black partner. No, like it's all about knowing your roots. For example, I'm going to do a DNA test, like an African DNA test, just to see what tribe I'm from. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I think for us black people, we should know where. We're coming from because it is Black History Month, but why do we need just one month to know our history? You know what I'm saying? Like, other cultures and races don't have a month for their culture. Like, they have a whole year to know who did this, who invented that, who who did bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, who was their heroes? We're just built on to one month. Remember that history is. Britain by the victors. Yeah. So there's so many things that we've done within our own history that the reason why we don't know about our history yeah. is because it wasn't written for us. That's true. Like we had to go out of our way to write to chronicle our own history because the history books don't want to have us in there. Yeah. Look, they don't even like talk whenever we talk about slavery, they don't like talking about it. Everybody feels uncomfortable and awkward when mm-hmm. you talk about slavery. But when you but then you put out a movie like Five Years a Slave or whatever whatever years a slave mm-hmm. ten years a slave and roots and it's like, oh my god, it's praising the slavery movie. I'm like, come on, slavery was not good. Yeah. It wasn't something to be praised. It's something to be highlighted and documented yeah. and to, for us to really talk about and get in depth and be like, hey, you need to know that this happened. But it's not something that we should be praising. It's something that we, we as black people know it happened. We know it's there. We know it's existed. Yeah. So we talk about it. But anytime we do, oh, you know, you, can't, you know, 
get over it. It's okay. Yeah. No, we can move on. Like, I put out this post the other day, and it was like saying that um, not with 9-11, mm-hmm. 9-11 happened on one day, and forever they're saying, like, oh, you can never forget 9-11. You can never forget. Slavery happened for how many years? Mm-hmm. But we will keep want, but people want to keep telling us, oh, get over it. Get over it. <sighs> That's the thing, man. Like, it's for the people that haven't been through it, they mm-hmm. don't care. 100. They don't care. It's just like, oh, well, I wasn't the one that was your slave master, or I wasn't the one there. My ancestors were. It's a new era now, so just let it be. Just let it be. It's like, no, like, what happened to us, it ruined, it ruined us. It ruined our race. Like, we don't know what life will be like if we weren't slaves, you know what I'm saying? Like, we could have been in Africa still. We could have done something else. We could have fought back and won. We could have enslaved the white man instead of them enslaving us in Africa and make them build our stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, there could have been so much different scenarios that would have happened, but this is the one that we had, and this is the one that we have to deal with to this day. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, sla- like slavery hasn't ended. Yeah, slavery isn't over. It's still oh, no. it's still going on. It's still going on in the daily lives. There's corporate slavery as well. There's mm-hmm. slavery everywhere, man. Yeah, the only difference is that everybody's feeling it. Yeah, 100%. people don't want to talk about it, but everybody's everybody's feeling it. Depending, regardless of wherever you are, you are somebody's slave. They're mm-hmm. slaving you to like yo to working like nine to five. Mm-hmm. We're at for like thirteen dollars an hour. It's like, yeah, you're getting paid, but the amount of manual labor or whatever you're having to put in just to make that money, you're a slave to that company. They don't care about you. They don't care no. what you're doing. You're just a number. Yeah. You're just sad, man. Sickening. So since we were talking about R&B before, right? Mm-hmm. So who do you think is trying to bring back R&B to its glory, glory days? For me personally, I thought it was Chris Brown mm-hmm. when he first came out. Chris Brown, I'll say I put Neil there. Mm-hmm. I kind of put Jay Holiday. Those yeah. three guys. Yeah. But the person that was mostly on top was Chris Brown. Yeah. But we as a culture, we ruined Chris Brown. Oh yeah, we destroyed Chris Brown. We we uh, we as uh, like society. As a black culture, as culture itself, we destroyed we destroyed what Chris Brown could have been. Yes. You know, like, he, he was on a high, he was running on a high and whatever, and then, you know, and then the, 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 the whole Rihanna thing happened, and, you know, that destroyed his life, that, that destroyed who he was, because he, he was on this happy, happy, you know, happy run. Yeah. He was, you know, he was doing songs where he was like... Feeling good and like mm-hmm. making everybody try to feel good. He was kind of like my, what Michael Jackson was yes. doing. He's trying to make everybody feel nice and the dance moves. Yo, doing the dancing and everything to make you feel good. And then the Rihanna thing happened, and then all of a sudden he became a bad boy. <laughs> Cause that's the thing, people didn't want to let it go, nah. and they kept on picking Adam for that. Of course, it'll make it go kind of crazy, but 
I know certain other artists from different races do horrible. much more horrible things. horrible things than that. And they let it go. Like, they brush it to the side or, oh, it happened once, we'll let it be. But for him, it's like, wherever he goes, Rihanna be there. Mm-hmm. Or this, that, and third. It happened one time, call it a day. Let the man, I'm not saying forgive him. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. I'm just saying, let the man process what he did, let him recover, and go from there. Don't try to have that as a dark cloud around him for the rest of his life. Because whenever you're going to bring it up or attack him, you're not doing him justice. Like, he was on the rise of becoming the next Michael. Mm. Like, his catalog alone was nice. Like, he was there. But we as a people, we were bringing him down. He came back, brought him down. Came back harder, brought him back down harder. To the point, it's like, what's the point of even singing anymore? What's the point of even dancing anymore? Let me just chill if you guys are going to do me like this. Because I think he was, I don't, I don't want to say the last hope of R&B. Mm-hmm. But at that time, the early 2000s mm-hmm. or mid-2000s, he was... He was on the high, man. He was on the one that was bringing back R&B to his glory days. Mm. And he was a young cat. And I yeah. was like, I wasn't, I wasn't really like the, the same, like, oh, yeah, Chris Brown. He was a young cat. And he yeah. was like doing his thing. So I was like, you know what, I'll give him, I'll give him some props. You know, just like, um, what's his face? Um, Justin Bieber. I never liked that kid. <laughs> never liked him. I was never, I was never a quote unquote believer. Mm. Wasn't one of them. But then I heard his song, I Just Need Somebody to Love. That 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 song was nice. Okay. <laughs> with him and Usher, yeah. Usher gave him some clout with that song. And then he started to do, like, he he did the typical white people things. <laughs> he did the, t- the typical white people things. Sorry if it started racist, but he did the typical white people things, like peeing in, a, in, in the, the mop bucket and... Playing music loud and, and and crashing your Ferrari like you know the typical like I'm a young white kid with a lot of money and I can just get away with it. <laughs> ha 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 ha. Yeah, and then like all of a sudden trying to start fights with people and whatnot. I'm like, yo, you're 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 that privileged. You're you're becoming that privileged white kid. Like you're not ready for this. You're not ready for this life. And it's like, and but the, the but then the, here's the funny part. Mm. He did all these things that people were like bashing him. But then he comes back and is like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Please, just give me a chance. I know I can be better." Okay, okay, we'll we'll give you a chance. Mm-hmm. We'll 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 let you back in. Chris Brown said, "Yo, I'm sorry. You know, I know what I did. I made a mistake. He took some time away." Yeah. And then tries to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to try and make a comeback. Yeah. No, no, no. No, Chris Brown. You're not allowed to make a comeback. Because you, you, you hurt our, you hurt our, our, our top celebrity. Look, if, let, me t- let me tell you something right now. The only reason why Chris Brown's career ended is because he hit a celebrity girl. He hit a, cel- uh, yeah. he hit a black celebrity. If Rihanna was not Rihanna, nobody would have cared. Or... I think it'd been worse if Rihanna was white. Oh, well, come on now, if Rihanna was white. Look, look what happened to Kobe Bryant. Kobe. If he, if it was a, if it was a, and and what made it worse for Kobe? He was with a white girl. She, she, she was married she, to a white woman. 
She's Spanish. She's Spanish. No matter. She's light skin. Oh. I know she's Espanol, but then she's Espanol, and he cheated on her with a white girl. And everybody was like, oh, Kobe, what are what? you doing? I feel like it was our black women mm. that ruined, like, ruined Chris Brown. Like, mm. They were the one that was bashing the most. They were the ones that didn't want to give him a second shot. So, like, they... They're the ones that... I'm, I'm not saying ruined his greatness, but... Stopped his... Stopped his momentum. Yeah. You know, I, I feel... This is one of the things I really feel I feel horrible about. Is that, you know, <clears throat> a lot of things get stopped... Momentum gets stopped by black women. And they don't realize how much power they have to, like, end somebody's career. Tadex... He had a show on TV called Daybreak. It was a it was way back. It was way back in the day. That show only went to like, I think thirteen episodes, and the reason being is because he was married to like in the show, his character was married to a white woman, mm. and black women didn't like that. And I, I shit you not, I read the articles on it, and it's like black women were boycotting the show. They loved Tay Diggs, but then when they found out. He was he had a white wife on the show, <coughs> and then they researched Tay Diggs and they found out that he's actually married to a white woman, mm-hmm. in real life. He has a white wife. They boycotted. You notice how like Tay Diggs was on a was running on a high. Yeah, he's on a lot he of was TV on, shows. He was on a lot of shows. He had a lot of movies, and women were loving Tay Diggs. Then they found out that he was married to a white woman, and his career just went down. <coughs> Fuck man. <laughs> like he still has a career. Yeah, he yeah. still do. He still can do things, but where he was at, to what happened to him, just because he was married to a white woman, and I think that's bullshit. Yeah, like you can't destroy. You can't knock somebody just because they're not with what you like, quote unquote. Yeah. Thing. That's why I say like you're the most racist people around. Are, honestly, black people, mm-hmm. we're the most racist. Because we're the ones, like, we hate when racism is put towards us, mm-hmm. but we're the first ones to be racist to our own. We're the first ones to hate our own and hate on our own for some racist crap. Where, why do you think that is, though? <clears throat> Jim Crow. Mm. Jim Crow and Willie Lynch. Willie, um, have you ever heard about the Willie Lynch syndrome? Yeah. Yeah, so for those who don't know, the Willie Lynch syndrome was basically... This guy, Willie Lynch, back in the day, basically was teaching, like, he had his own slave plantation. And he was, he, like, they were trying to keep their slaves in line in America. So they were trying to figure out how to keep, the best way of keeping their slaves in line. Willie Lynch taught them that you have to keep your slaves, separate your slaves. So you have your light-skinned slaves, and you have your dark-skinned slaves. You have your... The muscular slaves and the weaker slaves. And you have basically treat the lighter skinned slaves a little bit nicer than you treat your dark skinned slaves. And your dark skinned slaves stay out in the field. Mm-hmm. Your light skinned slaves can can be in the house. They're not part of the house, but they can be in the house and serve the master mm-hmm. and have a more comfortable life. While the darker skinned slaves stay outside in the field and gotta work the cotton and pick the cotton and do all that kind of stuff. And then you build a divide between them. And you build a hatred between the two of them. And then that hatred, like, even though we got freedom, that hatred still stayed. Because, mm. like, there was, like, really stupid in the early 90s, there was this thing where they said, all of a sudden, oh, light skin is in. 
<laughs> light skin is in. I remember a documentary so, like that. Yeah, so all the light skin people, if you realize, if you looked at all the celebrities, all the black celebrities that were really getting loved mm-hmm. were all the light skin celebrities. And then all of a sudden, in the early, like, when in the 2000s, there was a switch. Mm-hmm. Dark skin is in. We like our chocolate system. Yeah. We like our dark skinned people. Yeah. So all of a sudden, guys like Tay Diggs, Idris Elba, yeah. um, Denzel Washington, Denzel started getting so much love. Anybody, Forrest Whitaker, all dark skinned artists started getting pure love. I, I'll say Forrest and Denzel, they're more brown than dark skinned. Well, you know, like, look, compared. compared <coughs> I'll say to, Tyrese is a dark skinned brother. Yeah, Tyrese is a, yes. one of them dark skinned brothers. But you know, I, I gotta be oh yeah, Tyrese as well. Tyrese was one of those guys that was doing the R and B scene. Yeah, hundred percent. He was he was real big with the R in the R and B scene. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm sorry, Tyrese, you killed your own career. It's not it's not anybody's <laughs> fault. It's not anybody's fault. You know, you killed your career by doing Baby Boy. Baby Boy's like shot you. Like it propelled you, but it also shot you at the same well, at the same time. Why are you saying that? Well, man? because the scene where he's like, Yo, I got I got jumped by some little niggas. Oh, <laughs> like made him look like a bitch. Some young guys come and beat you up and rob you. I see what you're saying. And then he's like, I don't know what to do. These little niggas beat me up. And then your boy, who doesn't really seem like he should be that hard. Does, he doesn't have that, uh, uh, he has that unassumingness yeah. of being hard. Comes, rolls up on them, beats them down, yeah. robs them for your stuff, takes his belt off and starts whipping these kids. In front of you, yo, made you look like a punk. Sorry. Made him look like a bitch. And he was light-skinned. Yeah, he was light-skinned. <laughs> right? And that's the worst part. It's like, you, that, that, he killed his... He, he shot himself by doing the baby boy. I, I understand why he did it, because it was like... It was a big movie. Yeah. It was a big movie at the time. And then you got beat up by, like... And another thing, you got beat up by Snoop Dogg. Really, dude? Really? You got beat up by Snoop Dogg? You're scared of Snoop Dogg? <laughs> You're scared of Snoop Dogg. I understand the whole thing about Snoop Dogg being a crib. But you're scared of Snoop Dogg in the movie? He was the villain, the big bat? Get out of here. Oh, Get out of here. I'd understand if it was Vin Raines. Yeah. Then I would be like, yo, yeah, you're going to get your ass kicked. It's Vin Raines. Mm-hmm. But Snoop Dogg? Really? Nah. I do like Latinos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But speaking of that, we were talking about the R and B stuff and, mm-hmm. and this and that and third. I think R and B will come back. Like everything is style, shit comes back in style. Mm-hmm. I think there's a certain young guys right now. They're doing their own thing, trying to bring back the feel to R and B. Hopefully, they'll have the '90s feel to it, because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to have a nice voice talking about strippers and throwing money at them or so drugs. Basically, you don't want a tea pain <clears throat> or <throat> or drugs and stuff. Yeah. So you know. That being said, our next segment. We're talking about this earlier on today. Okay. <laughs> Do you think love is blind? Or in better terms, do you believe a do you believe at love at first sight? 
<laughs> no. I do not. I do not believe in love at first sight. You can tell me that you can tell me differently. Nah, I, I think I'm going to say both. I'm going to tell you, I, like, you tell me why, and I'm going to tell you why not. Um, I don't believe in love at first sight. Okay. Because I personally seen people being in a relationship for, like, five to ten years plus. Mm-hmm. About to get married, and one of the partners go on a vacation, let's say Vegas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they meet, a, they meet somebody there, and... They kick it off to the point they want to move to Vegas and leave their partner that they've been with for five to ten years. Mm-hmm. Is that love at first sight? Maybe. <laughs> but do I believe it personally? No, because if you have a, a nice connection, like, mm-hmm. like I said at the first podcast, a connection, a bond, that builds over time. Yeah, that does not build over your first interaction. You may see like, yo, damn, that girl's attractive, or damn, that guy's hot, and then all the anything that comes out their mouth is just hot garbage. Yeah, you get turned off. Mm-hmm. But if you see that person, yo, that person's attractive, and you keep on talking, and the talking is is intriguing, and it gets your blood bubbling, you know. Mm-hmm. You get more hooked. That's not love at first sight. You you're just, I guess, paving the way for the love to happen. Mm-hmm. So I don't agree with love at first sight. I believe that people assume love and uh, love at first sight is real mm-hmm. because how the person makes you feel, I guess, physically, mm-hmm. but not mentally. Okay. Well. Okay. My thing, my thing is, the whole theory of love at first sight was not is not real. The whole thing of love, of love at first sight was created, it was created for romance novels. Mm-hmm. It's created for to because because men don't men don't operate like that. It's a woman's thing, and the reason why I say it's a woman's thing because it's that that whole I want to feel that love at first sight. Mm-hmm. I want to feel that that connection that <clears throat> I first see him, and I'm just like. Oh yeah. no, not real. There's no such thing as love at first sight. It's lust, lust at first sight. The first time you see anything, whether like I'm, like take it out of context of of a person, when you see say you see some type of food mm-hmm. that's just sitting on the table, and you see it and you're just like, oh my god, that looks so good. I want that. That is. The, your brain and your chemicals and in, in your body just making you feel like I need this. Yeah. I want this. This is what I want. So it's it's that lustful intent of wanting to get that right, mm-hmm. and then you get it and you eat it and you're just like, yo, this is disgusting. Why did <laughs> I eat this? This is horrible. It's like yeah, because visually you wanted it. You saw it. You you, you ever say you're you're saying it's like. Yeah, I um, yeah, I can't even remember the saying. My mom says it to me all the time, but it's like you 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 see something and you're hungry for it. Mm. But then when you get it, you're like, yo, why did I get this? Yeah, I should have never got this in the first place. Yeah. That's the whole thing with relationship, with the whole thing of love at first sight. It's lust. You visually you see somebody from across the room and you're just like, yo, I gotta get that. Yeah, I gotta have that. 
You don't know nothing about that person. You know nothing about them. But all you're saying is like, I want that. You have to have it. I got to have it. I want that. <clears throat> so you lust after that thing. So you go after it. Mm. And it can go either way. You can get it and then be like, yeah, man, I want this. Why did I get this? Why did yeah. I take this? Should I never take this in the first place, man? It's a walk. Yeah. It's or it's like, yo, I'm so glad I got this. This is so worth it. There's so much I've gotten from getting this. And it's like, yeah, you develop. It, it develops into yeah. love. Right? It develops into that whole thing about love. When people say it's like, when I first saw it, it was love at first sight. No, it wasn't. It was, mmm, that looked good. <laughs> it's not love, man. Love is love is something that de- develops over time. It doesn't come like, like one day or like in 30 seconds. Yeah. It's just like you, you see it and it's like, oh, you want to get... Like, for instance, you see a car and you're like, oh, my God, I want that. And you look at the price. Hell no. It's like, you don't want it anymore after you saw, like, something that doesn't make no no, no sense. sense to you. It's just like you see somebody, you talk to them. You get, you're like, yo, I want her. You walk up to her and talk to her and then she opens her mouth and says, You're like... It turned yo, off. I'm, I'm done, guy. I'm done. <laughs> it turned off. <clears throat> that being said, mm-hmm. there's another topic, or not even a topic, it's a little situation mm-hmm. uh, that I'm not going through personally, but um, it's going through around me. A friend of a friend of a, a friend, friend. Yeah, a friend of 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 mine. Uh-huh. Do you think it is cool to date your boy's ex? Hmm. <laughs> Man, okay, you know what? That's a hard. That's oh, hard, shoot. man. It's actually hard, and I'm not. I'm not saying it because I'm like I'm being on the fence about it. I'm yeah. like I'm actually saying it's a hard. It's a hard situation. It's a hard topic. Um, and it's more so around the fact of, okay, if you're dating your friend's ex, if they gate like if you went to your boy and was like, yo. I've been friends with you. Like, if you were friends with her while, you know, they were together mm. whatever, right? And you're like, yo, hey, I want to I wanna talk to so-and-so. I know she's your ex and whatever. I want your blessing for me to go and talk to her mm-hmm. and, like, see if they, I can develop something. Like, if you're, if you're actually serious about having a relationship with that person, it's best to, like, talk to your boy mm-hmm. and say, hey. And I, mean, I know, it's like, some people will be like, oh, well... If you if you like her, why you got it? Why you gotta be a punk and go to your boy first and whatever? It's like because he's your it's boy. Out of respect. It's out of respect. It's not a matter of, like he might say no and feel ways, but if you really like that person anyways, you're gonna do it anyway. Mm. But it's just a matter of like saying, being upfront and saying, "Yo, I'm really feeling her. I'm gonna talk to her. Mm. I think she wants to talk to me too. So out of respect, I'm just letting you know this is my intention. This is my intent." Now, if you're just going into it just because, you know, wanting the flesh, yeah, <laughs> man, <clears throat> it all depends on how you went about it. Like, mm. if you're if you're going about it like coming from your own avenue and not doing anything to hurt your hurt your boy, yeah, and it was like these like these legit acts, and you're not trying to hurt your boy, yeah, and you're just going into it because it's like, yo, I'm me, and yo, do you? Do you just know you're gonna suffer the repercussions? 
There will be repercussions. Yeah, there will be repercussions. There will be repercussions. Because, like, if you, if, like, any man that goes and sleeps or goes and does something with a boy's ex, or even a girl, mm-hmm. like a girl who goes and does something with her girl's ex, and I, and it's sad to say, but it's kind of worse when it comes to girls because Ooh. it's kind of worse when it comes to girls. And it's like, it's not. I'm not trying to say that girls are worse than guys. I'm saying that when a, when a girl ha, like creeps in with her ex, with her friend's ex, the reason why it's worse because girls talk. Yeah. Mons, we only talk when we feel it's necessary. Yeah. We kind of keep our stuff to ourselves yeah, or whatever. Key. We keep it low-key. But then when the only time we'll go and like say to our boys, like, yo... You know what this girl did is when it's something that's foul yeah. or something that really pissed us. Disrespectful. Off. Yeah, but if it's just like random stuff, it's like I don't want to tell my boys. So yeah. I don't want to say whatever. But it's like more. We'll more talk about it when it's like at the end of the relationship. Mm. Girls talk everything. <laughs> they talk about everything, regardless of good. Let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the bad. They'll, yo, they'll even talk about the sex yeah. with their other female friends. Mine's them if we talk about the sex with about our girl, we're just like, yo man, it's good. It's good. It's like really, yo, it's good. It's good. And that's it. We don't go into any details. Yeah. Cause it's nobody's business. But girls will be like, yo, he did this and he does that. It's like Yeah, that's another TMI. Too much information, right? So girls will give all the information. They'll let their like for for a man, we have to dig in and find out stuff about this girl, right? Unless we've actually known her, we have to get all the information mm. about her. We have to, like, dig in. Yeah. Most of your female friends, like, when it comes to girls, they already business. know everything about yeah. you. Right? So, they can, like, you break up with your girl, and then their friend slides in like, oh, so I, I baked you a chocolate cake. <laughs> or... I got these red satin panties because they already know you like, like red the, panties. Yeah, you you like, like chocolate cake. They already know all this stuff. So it's more devious the way that they can slide in. Right? Mine's when, if we slide in, it's just, it's just we talked for too long. And then you're yeah. more wondering, it's like, yo, how long you been talking to my girl, though? Yeah. How long you been talking to my ex? Because now you're with your, now you're you want to talk to my ex and you're with my ex. When did you two start talking? Yeah. When did you get her number? Mm. There are yo the females they can already slide in and be sneaky about that stuff, like how you're saying about like people going to like where where people are together and they leave and go to another country. Yeah, and then they meet somebody down there and then whatever. Guys, like, even when it comes to cheating, mm-hmm. guys mostly cheat with people within the same location. <laughs> the reason why guys get caught with their cheating, and it's like, yo, man, like, I'm saying this for men. Yo, be, be I'm not trying to say you should cheat because you shouldn't. But if you're, gun, if you're going to, be smart. Be smarter about the things you do. Guys cheat with their coworkers. They cheat within their own circle. Facts. They cheat within, like, they'll cheat with somebody that just lives down the block. Even a family member. Well, yeah. And it's like, you'll cheat with a girl's family member. Like, you don't separate yourself. You cheat with whatever's close by. Mm-hmm. Girls, when they cheat, they cheat with somebody out of the state, out of the country. So most times, if you hear your girl say, I'm going to Jamaica for a while, 
she going to rent a jet. <laughs> she <laughs> going to you better like you know you ain't I'm coming with you. Mm-hmm. You ain't going nowhere. Say <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being honest. It's like you you when it comes to females, be females have it a lot easier and yeah. they're more they can be more foul about it. But but to to say like can you be can you date your ex like your your ex is your can your friend date your ex? It's all up to you and how you feel about it. Like it's perfectly fine to do it. I'm just saying like there are repercussions either way of how you do it, because your your friend might be cool. Yeah. And say yeah, it's fine, but realistically they're not cool with it. Mm-mm. No, nobody's ever cool with one of their people dating their ex. It's just awkward. Yeah. <clears throat> like, it's super awkward. Because, let's say you guys have, like, a big mutual friend circle. You guys go all partying. And instead of that girl being on your arm, she's on your boy's arm. And they're just interacting, kissing and stuff while you're just there chilling. And it's like... <sighs> some people, some people will like, reminisce, like, oh, shit, that used to be me and her. Mm-hmm. Now it's me and my boy. But then when... I would say the only plus side, but it's not really a plus side to you. It's more plus side to your to your boy, is that let's say you guys have an argument, or whatever, you know how to give them points or tips, how to make your calm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he come to you like yo, I you, like I know this may be awkward to you, but you guys used to date and now she's pissing me off. How do I go from X Y to Z? He gives your pointers. Boom. You helping your boy out, but on your end, you'll feel a little bit salty. It's like, ah, oh, like I gotta help my boy out. Like this is like this is. There's no boundaries. No. Yeah, there's no boundaries. It's and then completely awkward. And then let's say now, she has a problem with your friend. Nine times out of ten, she's gonna come to you, like talk to your boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's mo- he's moving ways. Da 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 da. It's like, don't you remember that we used to date? It's like, no. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like, yo, if you want to do your thing, be my guest, do your thing. Yeah. Just don't bring it to me. Yeah. Yo, I've told, like, I, I, like, I've told friends. Like, not even, like, someone I'm dating. Yeah. Like, somebody I was interested in, mm-hmm. but didn't work out. Me and her didn't work out. And my boy ended up talking to her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, okay, you know, she likes you. Or she likes me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You guys go do your thing. But then she comes to me and like, oh, well, you know, your boy is doing blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, we, we you can't yeah. talk to me about my boy. Mm-hmm. And like even with him, it's like you can't talk to me about her. Yeah. Yes, I know her and I know you. But I don't want to be the guy in the middle. Yeah. I don't want to be the mediator between the two of you. Feels awkward. Yeah, it's it's mad awkward because I liked her. She wants you, mm-hmm. and now you want me to be the guy in between to like help you with your relationship because I know more about her and I know more about him. Yo, figure your shit out. <laughs> it's not my problem. If you guys if you guys get good, great on you. Yeah. But I'm not gonna be the one to help this. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not the the glue. No, you shouldn't be the glue, because that's as awkward and it's disrespectful. Disrespectful. It's no boundaries, and you just feel off. You just feel weird. It's really weird, man. 
<laughs> Even thinking about that scenario is kind of weird, to be honest with you. But fuck, man, I don't know. I I want I want to ask I want to ask something just uh, just kind of go off of that because you were talking you were thinking about boundaries, like when it comes to like an ex. Okay. Right, because we talked about breaking up. Like, if you and your ex break up, and like, can you be friends? Mm-hmm. Can you, you know still can you be friends with your ex? But what I want to know is like I want to I want to talk on boundaries okay. because if you're gonna be friends or even if you break up or if you're still trying to work something like trying to work a thing right okay. you're trying to be friends there has to be some kind of bound some boundaries mm-hmm. between between the two of you and like in your opinion what are some of those boundaries that you gotta have well, to make that work I'm kind of like the expert uh huh in this you can't be texting every day mm-hmm. that's a no no. Text like I'll say like once a week or even once a month. That's just fine. Just uh keep tabs, you know what I'm saying? Like um sending like memes and gifs and stuff, that has to stop. Mm-hmm. Cause it's mad awkward now. Like, you know, it's not your girl, so you can't be just diddle dally on the phone or even on the on, like IG sending them funny clips here and there. You can send a clip like like I said, like once a week or whatever, but every day it's weird. Because now, they're going to feel like, hey, you have nothing better to do with your life except talk to me. I guess I was the only person that you're talking to the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now I now you look more boring and less interesting to me now. Because you're putting more time and effort to me than I'm doing with you. So you have to, you have to act like, not, not like too extreme, but... Mm-hmm. You gotta act like they're like a distant relative or something, you know? Like you see once a you see once a year, you know what I'm saying? Like he, a cousin. Yeah, like a third cousin or yeah. something. Like you see them from time to time on WhatsApp for uh, Skype, but you don't talk to them on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, the late night drunk calls or texts from even from both sides that has to stop. Mm-hmm. If She's calling you and and it's like, hey, I miss you late night or come over and chill and hook up. Don't go hook up. Because that's going to be an awkward morning. Oh, yeah. So you don't want to have that awkward moment. Just don't do it. If you're okay with awkward moments, be my guest. Go do it. Yeah. But if you want to have a nice, like, like what you're saying, a clean break, don't hook up. Just chill. Try to talk them out of it. Try to talk them calmly until they get home or whatever. Or be there for them. Or if you want to go there, you could be there. Just don't hook up. You, you, yeah. you can make sure like, you know, they don't throw up on each other, like on themselves and clean up after them. And you keep moving. Be like a friend. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, I find it one, like, I say again, when I said about like break, like clean breaks, like a clean break. There are a lot of benefits to having a clean break. Because, like, you know, when they have that whole thing about friends with benefits, right? Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. It can be done. I've done it before. It is awesome. Because, <laughs> no, I dated a girl for three years. And um, we broke up. We had a clean break. You know, we like I said, we clean break. We didn't talk for a year. This is a different person from the other one before. We didn't talk, really talk to each other for a year. Then when we started talking again, it was just like, hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. How's life? And then 
Dude was like, hey. She called me and was like, yo, you want to hook up? I'm like, all right, cool. Hooked up. Then it became, like, a pretty frequent thing. <laughs> Where it was like, we'd, we'd hang out. We'd, like, we'd meet up, we hang out. And not every time that we met up, we hooked up. Because that wasn't what it was about. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, if we wanted to, we did. If we didn't want to, we didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I would ha- I'd go over to her house and sometimes we'd just, like, sit around and play video games. Or just watch movies and chill out. Yeah. It wasn't about sound. Right? It was about, like, we liked each other's company, so we hung out all the time. Right? And we talked about everything. And then I invited her to a party. She met a guy. She liked the guy. Mm-hmm. She met him that night. She liked him, whatever. But then we went, we went out afterwards, and then we hooked up that same night. Right? So then later on, she told me, it's like, yo, I really think I really like this guy. I'm like, figure out if you really like him. I, and I was a man about the situation. Yeah. I'm like, yo... Figure out if you really like him. Because if you really like him, we can't be doing what we're doing. Yeah, 100%. And she's just like, oh, are you like, really? I'm like, yo, if you like somebody, Super it is the low. worst thing to be having, like, doing something with somebody else. Yeah. Like, look, how would you feel if he liked you, but then he's doing the same thing that we're doing right now? Yeah. It's like, we can't be doing this if you like him. So when she finally came out and said, yo, you know, I think I really like him. I think I want to I work this out. So okay. So we're think, just friends now. Yeah. We were always friends, but I said, yo, we're just friends. We're cutting out everything else. We're mm-hmm. just going to be cool. And, you know, she got together with him, and there's a lot more to the story. But <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll leave all of that for another time. There's a lot more drama that happened within that, but we'll talk about that at a later time. But just to say, you, you can be friends with benefits outside of, like, previously having a relationship and then breaking up. But like I said, there needs to be an actual break. Yeah. A real break so that you can get over old, old stuff. Because when we hooked up, we didn't think about like, oh, I want to be with you, blah, blah, blah. We had one moment. But in that one moment, it was just more along the lines of me saying, it's like, she changed who she was. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? This is the person I wish you were when we were together. Not saying I want you because I yeah, don't want to yeah, get yeah, back yeah. together with you. I just wish that we were, when we were in a relationship, you're, like, you're the way that you are now. Because we might still be in a relationship, we might still be working. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we have a good friendship now is because we had that break and you changed. But we can still be friends because I like who you are now compared to who you were then. Steve. Actually, Steve, I can't, I can't even knock that. <laughs> I really can't. I can't, I can't knock that. Like I said, like, a lot of people... A lot of people are just afraid to be friends with the exes because mm-hmm. the physical and all that stuff. But you can get it done, like. Oh yeah. And another thing too is like, where I see it is that people don't understand by hooking up, you're giving away a piece of your soul to random mm-hmm. people. Like, I'm not saying I'm a saint and all. I used to do all that stuff, hooking up myself. But now I'm older, mature. I don't want to do that stuff anymore. Because mm-hmm. when I was doing that, like, a piece of me, I was giving away for free. To the point that I can't get that back. Like, a part of my, like a part of my body, a part of my soul is gone. For the rest of my life, I can't get that part back. Because I was going on my lust instead of loving myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm not knocking people that... Strictly do hookups. Mm-hmm. It's your body. It's it's your life. For me personally, I really think that giving away your body 
too quick. Mm. You're giving away. You're giving away your soul. Um, with an ex now, and you guys are trying to be friends or whatever, you're gonna have that connection because you know you know each other's body. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not gonna be awkward. It's not like a random person that you met on the bar or on an app. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you could get it done. Like you could have, you could hook up with your ex. But all I'm trying to say is, if you know it's gonna be awkward after or in the morning, avoid it. Oh, hundred percent. Just avoid it. Yeah, if you already know you're gonna go out, like if you already have preconceived notions in your head of like this could go bad. Don't do it. That's your mind t- already telling you. It's like, this is not a good idea. Yeah. This is a horrible idea. You need to go home. Mm-hmm. Go. Follow it. Because you already know something bad's going to happen. You already you can already feel something bad's going to happen. So, going, kind of going back to what you were saying about the whole thing about, like, can you, can, as your boy, can he date your ex? You already know that's going to be a bad situation. Yeah. You already know it's going to be bad. Regardless of whatever. Because, <laughs> look, look if, if it works out for the two of you... Great. Then you might lose a friend. If it doesn't, then you got two people hating on one person now. Oh. I didn't think about that. Because if it doesn't work between the two of them, now you're going to have your boy coming to you and be like, Yo, man. Why didn't you warn me? Why didn't you let me know about this girl? Da-da-da-da-da. It's like... Why do I need to warn you? Yeah. Like, you already saw what I went through. Going, yeah. And now you want to think that it's going to be different? Like, Because really? you're a different guy. And now you got two boys. If you're, you're if this girl is like a friend in the crew, she, now <laughs> she has two people hating on her. Yeah. She has two minds kind of looking at her like salty. Mm. And like, and then also, do you, like, for, as, a, as a female in that situation, you're even a guy. But I'm gonna say for like I'm gonna say this to to the girls. Do you want to be look? Do you want to have yourself looked at as like the pass around girl? Like a mixtape. Yeah, like one man had a play, and he liked side A but didn't like side <laughs> B, so he hand the tape over to the next man, and the next man took side B and don't like side A, and then he's like ah hand over to the next man. <laughs> like, do you really want to be that girl? And the same thing for a guy. Like, do you want to be the pass around dick? Do you want to be? Do you want to be considered the pat? Do you want to be the disposable vibrator? Ooh, that's a hard line. Do you want to be a disposable vibrator? Do you want to be that that the one that's like, ooh, I tried this, you try. Yeah. You try. Like no, like it's horrible for for both people. It's horrible in both situations. Yes, there are there benefits, of course, but there are a lot of fallbacks. Yeah. There are a lot of drawbacks. I'm just saying, like, just don't bother. It's not worth it. People just don't know how to respect their bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, they really don't... They don't know how to say no. They don't know how to build before giving. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what happened to your... What happened with... Like, I want to ask, what happened with your generation? <laughs> your generation got real fucked up, man. Because my generation was the one about... When you got French kissed, that was like a highlight. It's like... <laughs> You kissed the girl, and that was a highlight. That's like elementary school. Yeah, then, but it's like, yo, in high school, like, even for, for us, like, you know, you're in grade school, and you yeah. got ki- you, you kissed a girl. And that was like, oh, my God, like, wow, you're the man. 
Now it's like grade school. You got people going around giving blowjobs in grade yeah. school. And if, if you get a kiss, it's like, oh, that ain't nothing. That's light work. Yo, she, she, she did X, Y, Z to me in the in the backfield. I'm like, yo, what the hell? What the? When did a blowjob become a French kiss? Like, uh, <laughs> I want to say, or I want to blame the internet. <laughs> when in doubt, blame the internet. Yo, uh, I, 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 get, I get what you're saying because like. Look at the difference. With my generation, we didn't have the, we didn't have uh, online porn. Yeah, we had to get our porn in magazines. Yeah, and you had to get these magazines in school, and that, and that was where you you had your stuff. Mm-hmm. But now it's like your generation had everything yeah. handed to them on the silver platter. You can see you don't have to get these. Or oh, go to the corner store. Yeah, you don't have to get the DVDs anymore. You can just go online and just like it's right there. Yeah, so sex th- is right there. <laughs> I blame the internet because internet it showed us more. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we had older guys or girls in the area. They'd go to the corner store or whatever and buy magazines and stuff. And then you had, like, the weirder older people that were, like, training the young people how to do stuff. You know what I'm saying? R. Kelly. <laughs> so. <laughs> we run back. <laughs> so, like, our generation, yeah, like, we were really sexual. Like, mm-hmm. what, the way we dress. Talked. I remember one time. I remember this one phase. Um, it's like a a band or like a rubber band. Yeah. If you break the rubber band, you get you have to do what that band like does. Oh, I remember. I forgot what it was called. I heard about that. But that yeah, that was my generation. Like so, girls are like literally have. I think it was blue at the time, and blue was like blowjob. Girls are like had that, so you had to break it to get what you wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like. They literally had it. It's not like we gave them the the ring. No. They will have it and they want you to break it. That being said, like it was more I think for us, it was more easier to be sexual active or to get play, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. than your generation. Your generation you had to put in that work. I, I won't I won't I won't I won't call it game, but you had to put in that work. Yeah. For us it was just <clears throat> after school. The pizza at the pizza spot or at the park or at, at like one of our cribs. Hey girls, um, flash us or so or, or whatever, and they'll they'll do it. And then for flashing, it leads to something else, and that leads to something else, and then to something else, and then boom. That's why like my generation is a lot of a lot of single parents that are young or already have like five kids already or, or yeah. they've been having kids since grade like grade eight. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were just introduced to sex way too fast. Right. And it's like, we, like, my generation got introduced to, like, the the aspect of, like, easy sex. Yeah. Like, when we were about, like, just after high school. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. That's when I started really seeing all the stuff, like, e- like, it's easy to get whatever you wanted after high school because it's like we have to do all this work we have to do all this stuff and then now you had things like um at that time you had tag come out and high five and black planet came out <laughs> and all you had to do was just like make a profile put your face on it and be like bada bing bada boom yeah and then it's just like you didn't even have to make comments or say anything girls came to you mm. 
it made it so much easier. That's where the whole catfishing came about. But girls came to you and you just did just like, okay, cool, whatever. And you just did you did your thing. You didn't have to worry about any repercussions. But then that being said, because with the internet, you guys had it so much easier that all this stuff was just like done so easily for you. Mm-hmm. And that we had to do had to learn so much. Like even in high school, which was stupid that we I did we had to learn how to do computer we had to do computer class. Where you actually had to learn how to use MS DOS. Mm. They got rid of that because all the computers now can just do computer language easily. You just have to enter a couple programs, you're good to That's go. That's it. Right? So you guys had it so much easier compared to us. And it's like dealing with the internet and whatever, you guys grew up with it. We had to figure it out. Mm. We grew up, we were the generation where it was like, here's this new thing, figure it out. And we figured it out and made it work for us. Then when they said, okay, we're going to make it easier because it was too hard too hard for your generation. So we're going to make it so much easier for the next guys. And it's like, I, I've, like I even said to you before, it's like this whole new scene of dating is a young man's game. Mm-hmm. It's not our game anymore, man. It's like there's so many women that I see are my age and they're saying it's, they're finding it hard to, to date and to find somebody and whatever. And it's one part... It's one part, unfortunately, y'all are being too damn picky. Yeah, it's high like, standards. Yeah, your standards are too high, and you're not you're not realistic. Not even saying that this your standards are not realistic. You're not realistic. Yeah. You are a fake person. <laughs> you're not as real as you think you are. But that this like the whole the whole thing has changed up. I'm saying it's a young man's game where it's like. It's your time. It's not our time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's so many women that are my age that can't find somebody, and men that are my age that can't find somebody, because it's the whole aspect of dating for us. It's like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. I don't want to put in that work. Because I put in that work. Like we look at it as like yo, we put in that ago. work like 20 years ago. Why yeah. am I gonna want to put in that work now? But now that works differently now because that, that work is not face-to-face. Yeah. It's through, it's through the wire. Yeah. It's a totally different game now. Yeah, we got to tech. And it's like you got to find that right way to, to start off a conversation. Yeah. When our day was just like, hey, what's going on? That doesn't work we, anymore. We, we just said, hey. That's generic. That doesn't work no more. Now when you say, hey, it's like, is that all you got? That's all You're you boring. Got to say? You're boring. You suck. You're whack. <laughs> it's like, yo... Hey used to just be the What's up? <laughs> nah, that doesn't cut it no more. You have to come with something new out the box. Majority of the time but I hear from females that guys do like corny stuff, like um uh, they'll send like emojis of I can't lie, there's one funny one and I gave the guy super props for this one. Like he sent the girl like an emoji of him and her and he had like a a balloon. And the balloon's like in the air, and it goes, Oh, I'm supposed to get that to you. It's corny, mm-hmm. but it's creative. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about being uh, creative now to mm-hmm. seal the deal. But majority of the time, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, majority of men on these apps or, or nowadays, they're just predators, man. Mm-hmm. Or they're just actors. Like, they'll act just to get the flesh. Once they get the flesh, ciao. Numbers blocked. Or a different number, or even a different name. Yeah. You can never find them again. And then these are the type of guys that are ruining perfect girls or good girls 
so when they find the next guy that will treat them right, they don't trust you. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to give you the time of day because they've been hurt plenty of times. Which is crazy because there's a lot of a lot of good men out there. But girls brush them aside because they're not the player or they're not a bad boy. They don't have a fancy car. They don't make six figures. This and that and third. There's a lot of good good men out there. They're just waiting for a good girl. Like, I know a lot of good men that just get shafted. Get shafted from girls just, just to use them or status-wise or just to learn from them. And then once they soak up the knowledge from that person, they're gone. Figured out what they wanted and got what they wanted. Yeah. Wow. Like, okay, thank you, for, thank you for teaching me that now. I'm going to go to an asshole. Yeah. And they go to the asshole. And it's like... It sucks because a good guy, he'll learn new skills, probably even learn new language, probably learn skills that will please his woman. I'm not talking about sexually, like mentally, emotionally, like how to talk to her and all that stuff, how to cater to a woman. And she'll just brush it aside like, oh, he, he just too care, care, like he's a caregiver or he just does the same thing over and over again or I'm tired of this adventurous spontaneous things like I want somebody that's dangerous or I want someone that's rude and obnoxious and is gonna yell at me and stuff and it's like you have a perfect guy right here mm-hmm. he's here helping you he's not yelling at you he's not surrounding you he's not calling you out your name he's helping and supporting you and your dreams but yet that's too boring for you I don't know what to tell you cause once you get a bad boy Gets you pregnant or whatever. I'll say seven out of ten other times, he's gone. Mm-hmm. He's on to the next one. You know what I'm saying? So, ladies, pick your battles wisely. Like, why do you think that good girls like bad boys? Like, why do girls gravitate to assholes? It's the energy. <laughs> Real shit. It's the energy. They got the hyped up energy. It's the energy. Cause think about it, like. A bad boy is not necessarily alpha. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's energy. Like, he could be obnoxious, like, throwing stuff around, not tipping the hostess and all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Just being a total jerk. Girls find that, I guess, complex, if that's the right word to say, complex. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, like, he doesn't care about life, or he doesn't care about what people say about him, or he doesn't care how... I react to him. I'm I'm intrigued. But the good guy, you know, he's gonna hold the door for you. He wants to hold your hand. He wants to carry the bags for you. Like, oh, he's such a pushover, or he's too attentive in the second third, and they think it's a turnoff. But if a man's trying to help you out, better you, physically and mentally, that should be a turn on. Like he's not gonna be like a dick. Like oh. Baby, um, I have no money today, so can you uh, let me five dollars for pretzel or whatever? Mm. A good guy goes, yo, baby, like, here's twenty. I know you don't need it, but just take it. Mm. I'm you, saying. Do you think it has to do with um, with not knowing how to deal with love? Mm, I'll say yeah, mm. cause I think a lot of people don't 
understand what love is. Mm. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'm been experiencing that field for quite some time now. But I think people, I don't want to call it true love, but I don't think people know how to express love or even digest love, mm. especially digest the love. Because mm. people just think it's a word, but it's a feeling, it's an action, it's a bond. And like once you hear that word like I love you like it should give you goosebumps you know what I'm saying like yeah. it shouldn't be like oh okay me too or oh I hear you or oh prove it it shouldn't be like that it sh- <clears throat> you guys should both know that feeling off the bat mm-hmm. I think people have been in relationships for like let's say three to five years max mm-hmm. and they thought it was love but it wasn't really love it doesn't matter if you and that person have a lot in common or don't have a lot of stuff in common I think it's just the interest level wasn't really there you're just there with that person just the past time or they got you to where you're at to where you are at the moment or you're just here chilling until you find the next big deal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I think a lot of people, they fake the love mm-hmm. just to get a status or just get a little rush mm-hmm. of what it'll be like when they really find true love. I seen, like I said earlier, like I seen people being in a relationship five to ten years plus. They go on a vacation and boom, they leave that five... To uh, five to ten relationship to a new person that they just met off the plane. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't. I don't think people really understand love, which is sad because everybody deserves love. Mm. Everybody should be loved in your relationship, even outside your relationship, like from work, your family members. You should be loved. Mm. If you're not being loved, it's sad and like it. Like it really hurts you. Like. It will make you feel unwanted, for one. Mm-hmm. Two, that you don't want to be in no relationship the rest of your life. And you want to be alone. Nobody should be alone. I repeat, nobody should be alone in this world today. Um, it's much easier to connect with people physically and mentally through the phones. And through social networks and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So you could find some way. It doesn't mean, <clears throat> it doesn't matter if it's not at your workplace or your area. You have a conversation with somebody in Japan, Korea, and really kick, kick it off. And then go from there. But I think people are just too stuck into their feelings and into just being neutral and calm, which they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You should be living your life. That being said, I believe that part of the whole problem is, yes, it has to do with love, but it's love that they're not, they're they're not accepting of love. Mm-hmm. Because you know, they have someone that's there and that's willing to put in all the all the time and effort for them, that's willing to like take care of them and be there for them and like console them through all their stuff, but. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're 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 too much. You're too on me. You're too all over me. It's mm-hmm. like you 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 don't know how to leave me alone. It's like, 
And then they'll go to, they'll get with a dude that'll just treat my shit and just be like, yo, I ain't got time for your shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you. Go away. And then there's like, oh, but he loves me. I'm like, what? <laughs> he loves you? Like, he loves you? But you're going to tolerate it? Okay. There's there, there, there's something I okay, we're gonna go into another tangent today. <laughs> I got another I got another big tangent because it just it just go hit on me. It just hit me. Okay, I'm I am really annoyed and I'm really tired of the situation of people staying in relationships that they know are not good for them. Like I I get it. Do we do you want to help that person? Like especially if they're in an abusive relationship, mentally, physically, whatever kind of abusive relationship, like. You want to help them, but honestly, you you can't. You can only be there for them as much as you want to be. You can only guide them and try to help them out, but you cannot physically get somebody out of a abusive or like horrible relationship. You can't do it. And the reason why is their addiction. It's like drinking mm-hmm. or smoking yeah. or doing kind of drugs. You're addicted to it. And until you're ready to kick that habit, until you decide that that habit is something that you got to kick, you're not going to stop. Regardless of what anybody says to you, you're not going to you're not going to stop it. And that's what an abusive relationship is. You are going to stay in it. They're going to stay until they decide that they've had enough and they can't deal with it anymore. And all you can do as their friend or their loved one or as their family member is just be there for them through it and be there for them when they decide that they're gone. And remember, you're going to be pissed off with that person. The reason being is because even though they kick it, they're going to pick it up again. They're going to kick pick it up again. They're going to say, you, I'm done. I never want to talk to him again. I never want to see her again. And then him or her just says, like, you know, I'm sorry. I miss you. I'll never do it again. I won't let this happen again. And they're like, oh, but, you know, he loves me or she cares. And they're going to pick back up with them. And you're going to be pissed. You're going to be vexed. Mm. And you're going to say stuff like, you know what? I'm never, I, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I can't be there for you. I can't deal with this. Your job is to still be there. Because the every habit is hard to break. It t- You fail more times than you succeed. And mm. you will go through five failures for that one success. It's just like having a business. You'll go through many different businesses failing mm-hmm. before you find that one that succeeds. You'll have how many relationships fail before you get that one success. Mm-hmm. You'll have many different people that deal with abusive relationships that they'll fail and fail time again to get out of it until they finally say, I'm done. Be there for them when, it, when they're ready to say, I'm done. Mm. And when they really decide that they're done, help them walk away. Yeah, that's the biggest play you could do. Walk away. Yeah, it's the biggest play. Well, that wraps up episode two. Hope you guys enjoy it. Leave comments, subscribe, watch our IG page for a daily posts about life. Some funny memes, I'm not gonna lie to you. Some, <laughs> some very some fire memes and some like personal knowledge to help you from your daily lives. You know, we all go through some stuff, 
So we'll be posting on our IG just to uplift you. If you're going through a bad breakup, you're going, you're having hard times at work or at home, or your partner is rubbing the wrong way. Our page can help you with that. We have a lot of good insight from from us, especially poetry as well, just to put you in a nice mellow mood. Mm-hmm. Once again, thank you for listening. Episode two. It's your boy TJ. It's your boy Ayanletta. See you guys episode three. Hopefully we get our damn equipment. <laughs> True. Dumb.